And there's something for everyone. If you're looking for adventure, it's there. If you're looking to just kick back and eat, it's there. All there is to say is you've got to experience it. You will not be disappointed. to the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the everyday inspiration and practical tips that make international travel accessible to everyone. Hi guys, welcome back to the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast. My name is Jackie, in case you haven't ever listened to this before. Uh, and if that is the case, you chose a fun episode to start with. Um, one of the things that I do in my realm of travel media slash creative entrepreneurship is lead adventure trips to destinations of my choosing with you. I started this in 2016 with a 10 day adventure down to Patagonia and it went so super well that I fell in love with leading trips. So I've continued to add more and more to the calendar and all of those, by the way, you can find at travelingjackie.com slash trips. Uh, my next Patagonia trip is almost full. So you may have already missed it, but you can always check there to see what's next if you want to jump on one of these group adventures and travel with me. And I'm telling you this because my most recent group adventure was to a country that has long been on my own bucket list, meaning... I had never been there before. And I asked you to go there with me for the first time. That country was Jordan and that adventure was amazing. So first I want to shout out to Carly, Sean, Ryan, Daryl, Chelsea, Charlie, and Mary Eileen for signing up and going to Jordan with me to hike the Jordan Trail, float in the Dead Sea, camp in the desert, and get into some other shenanigans that I'm going to talk about during this episode. So that's what we're getting into today, all things Jordan, now that I have experienced enough to contribute to a conversation about this wonderful wonderful country. And I have a very special guest today. I have invited a longtime friend of mine, Ban Barkawi, to join me in talking about Jordan. Uh, ban and I met 13 years ago, and you're going to hear that story once I bring her on here in a minute. She is Jordanian, currently living in Amman, which is the capital of Jordan. And she is a radio presenter, so she kills it on the mic as well. So you're in for a treat today. Actually, you're in for a treat twice because we talked so long that I actually cut our call in half and you'll get to listen to the second half in the next episode. Uh, today, we're mostly covering what it's like to travel to Jordan. We'll talk about different parts of the country, my experience with the group on our epic adventure and why you absolutely have to put Jordan on your own bucket list. And in the next episode, We'll talk a little more about the cultural side of Jordan and get Ben's impression of what it's like to live there. And uh, I have a couple of surprise recordings that we'll get to listen to in that episode as well. So basically, if you know nothing about Jordan or haven't visited Jordan before, it is my honor today to introduce you, even via podcast, to the magic that is Jordan. I hope that you are encouraged to put it on your own bucket list after listening to these two shows. Just a couple things to note before we get started. You'll hear a couple connectivity issues, but they do resolve. So just bear with me. That's what we get for Skyping across the world. 
Um, also, we mentioned several things, specific things in this episode, like a cookbook, um, which I found the link to where you can order it online. Uh, there are several specific tour companies and places to stay that we talk about. There are lots of important links on the show notes page today. And I also included several photos from the trip that will really help you understand some of the things that Van and I talk about. So please go check out the show notes page for this episode. Even if you don't normally do it, I think it'll really help bring it all together. You can find it at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 94. All right, guys, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you all to someone very, very special. My dear friend, Van Barkawi is here on the other line from all the way across the world. Uh, so Van, welcome to the Welcome to my podcast and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I never expected that one day I would actually end up on your podcast. This is great. Thanks for having me on. I know. I mean, who knew that I would be even doing a podcast? Like, I think we, we have to tell, first of all, about how, how we met because um, you and I have been friends for way longer than uh, any of this blogging or podcasting has even existed right? for me. I know. And, and it's so cool for me to have you on because you are now a radio host, a radio show host. And so I love it's like, kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy how we ended up here. But it's I true. Know. When we met when we met, gosh, you know, I know we met when we were studying abroad in, in Torino in Italy. Yeah. But now that I think about it, I don't actually remember the very first moment that I met you. Well was it oh was it you the know, river thing? No, it wasn't. I think we were at the uh, it was the, remember when we did that orientation day and we like went into to town and we went to La Mole and like we did the museum thing ah, and yes, remember that day? Yes, I think yes. it was that day and I'm pretty sure Jose was the one who introduced us. <laughs> um, Look at us being all cultural. Okay, well, that's good. I know. Oh, it's so cool. And that was in 2003, September of 2000 or 2000, August, maybe. No, yeah. two, no, that was, that was Sorry, 2000, 2005. Five. Yeah, 2003 was my first. That was Costa Rica. My mind is on Costa Rica this morning <laughs> after that football game. It's it's World Cup in the real world, even though you guys are hearing this later. But um, devastating <laughs> loss to Brazil this morning. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, anyway, yeah. No, you're right. Italy. So 2005, that was 2005, which means it was 13 years ago. Oh my Which goodness. So oh, crazy. wow. I know. 13 years ago. And actually you were the first person who ever taught me how to love travel. So to <laughs> me, you've always been traveling, Jackie. And I remember uh, back then we were still studying. So we were both, uh, you hadn't graduated from university yet either. No. Had, had no. you were both studying <laughs> and Wait, you were trying to convince me yeah. to, what is it? To drop out and, and travel to Brazil or, or something <laughs> oh along God. those lines. Yes. And I actually seriously considered it for a minute. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I had a lot of secret plans all through college to like run away. <laughs> oh man. Somehow I managed to run away and finish my degree at the same time. I don't know how we did that, but good for you. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And now fast forward 13 years, we're here. You know what? You are the first person who encouraged me to put Jordan on my bucket list. Oh, yay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and that happened. I, in fact, on my bucket list, it said, because I remember this, it says, I think it says ride camels in Petra with Ben. <laughs> like that was my, <laughs> that was my bucket list. 
Oh, what a cliche. I love it. I know. It's so cliche. And you know what? I didn't end up doing that. But I mean, as we all know, the reason for the show, we're talking about Jordan today because I have finally made it to Jordan. I have seen you in Jordan, which is so cool. It's crazy. It's crazy. It was honestly, that was an experience for me. I mean, I know I'm here, but to me, it was just wow, finally it happened after oh all these gosh. years. I know, uh, I know. And, uh, and, and, and that's the thing that you actually made it over to Jordan and, and still I think some people are hesitant, travelers included, also oh, yeah. non or amateur travelers. The fact that you actually made it, good for you. No Yay. fear there. I'm actually curious to know how what your experience was like yeah. and whether you had any fear. You know what? That's a great place to start because a lot of people asked me that before I went. And... To your, what you were just saying about how uh, some amateur travelers are, are, are um, nervous to go there, I would extend that way past amateur travelers. I think there are a lot of people, experience does not have anything to do with it, who are nervous to go to the Middle East. And so a lot of people... I mean, I had never been there. It's not like I was... It's not because of fear. It's just you know because right. of opportunity. But I do know that it is because of fear for a lot of people. And a lot of people asked me that before. And I... It was actually the first thing that I posted on my Instagram when I got to Jordan was about that, to address that because I really wanted to. I had been in Jordan, what, one day, like probably a day and a half. And I really wanted to talk about the fear factor because a lot of people ask. And so I'm going to read what I put on my Instagram. And I I quoted you in this. Oh, yay. <laughs> but listen to this. Okay, so I posted a picture of me on a hike near the Syrian and Israel. Well, we can talk about that later too, borders. Um, <laughs> but I said, several people asked if I was afraid to come to Jordan. And my honest response after scanning my body for any traces of fear was no. Since I arrived, that has been justified. I've met so many nice people, including the man who greeted me at, my, at the airport for my transfer and kept calling me my lady. I could get used to that one. Um, I said, yesterday I spent all afternoon with a dear friend of mine, that's you, who lives here in Jordan. And she summed up the safety situation well by relating it to the United States right now. Anything mm-hmm. could go wrong at any given time. Otherwise, it's fine. And I'll stop I'll stop with it there. I love how you said that because I was definitely more nervous to come back to the US than I was to go to Jordan. So if that says anything. Oh wow. Okay. Well, that's a statement and it's true. Oh. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of like uh you the, the, a piano could fall on your head kind of thing, right? It could happen <laughs> anywhere. Um and it's true. Uh, uh, it's true that, I mean, I understand at the same time, I understand the nerves. I get the nerves. I get that because of uh, the instability in the region as a whole over exactly. the past, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say, what is it, 10, no, 10 years, eight years, seven years, for the past seven years with the uh, Arab Spring and mm-hmm. uh, the civil wars across the border and sectarian tension in Syria and Iraq. It, it's understandable uh, in Egypt, obviously. So it's understandable that people are a little bit nervous. Funny enough, Jordan, through all of this, has some, somehow managed to survive and hasn't actually experienced um, a spillover to large to a large extent, hasn't experienced a, a spillover of the violence. Um, uh-huh of that instability. So we've, in fact, I mean, it's been described as uh, an oasis of, of, of stability in the region 
yeah. in the middle of all this chaos. So it's the it rock makes sense of the Middle East. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For now, fingers crossed, let's just hope it stays this way. You know what? It has but, been for a really long time. If we're talking about Jordan specifically, it has been for a really long time. And it's also a melting pot because you guys have received... Well, you guys, I mean, Jordanians, I mean, you know what I mean? Because your family is Palestinian. You guys, as Jordanians, have received refugees for decades from lots of places. And, you know, it honestly reminds me of another country that I know (laughs) on this side of the pond. You know, like you're kind of a melting pot. Um, You're a rock. You're a you're a leader in your region. You're, I think, a role model for a lot of the countries around you. And um, so if we're talking about Jordan specifically, there's a difference mm-hmm. than the Middle East. Yes, absolutely. So. Exactly. But I think that there's also, I mean, if you want to think of it from a, from a tourism perspective, I think a lot of people might might know that as well, might know, might recognize that in Jordan specifically, it's a little bit safer. It's a lot more stable than neighboring countries in the region. But I think for the longest time, people figured there isn't enough to see in Jordan. So if I'm going to make it all the way to the Middle East and I'm going to go visit Jordan, I want to be able to visit neighboring countries as well. Otherwise, it's not maybe not worth the ticket or not worth the trip. Um, but I disagree. Oh, I think, gosh, I mean, not, me too. <laughs> <laughs> not that I don't think you should visit neighboring countries. I mean, Egypt is beautiful and Lebanon is beautiful and so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, Jordan has enough to see and you, I, you oh, can, you can yeah. probably vouch for this more than I can. And I will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I will. I mean, I, that's what we heard talk about, you know, is, is, um, really visiting Jordan because that's what I just did. I went from the North to the South and it was, it blew my mind. You know, mm. Jordan is one of those places that I think the reason that, that maybe, um, you just said what you did about tourism and how, how people might think that Jordan's actually safer. They have had a, a massive tourism initiative. Um, they've got a really great tourism board that is uh, pushing, promoting travel to the country and has been for a while. And so if you've seen something about Jordan, um, chances are, you know, you've read blogs, you've seen influencers go there, you've seen campaigns happen in Jordan because they are happening. And there is so much to see in Jordan and it's been stable. And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, they're saying our doors are open, like come see us, you know? And finally I've gotten to be part of that and I can only back it up. I mean, um, well, that's good to hear. It, it, you know, it's always it's always a relief to hear that somebody had a positive experience in Jordan. Um, I think most people do when they come visit. Mm-hmm. I think tourism. I mean, we rely heavily on the tourism industry because we don't have a strong economy. You know, a huge part of of the Jordanian economy depends on tourism. So we took a really big blow we suffered a big blow over the past few years. It's just starting to come back now, I think. So mm-hmm. it helps every time somebody comes here and actually has a positive experience and then can share that experience yeah. uh, with others. Yeah. And it helps that there are initiatives like the Jordan Trail, which is relatively new, not the trail itself, but the idea mm-hmm. of hi- like doing a through hike or hiking parts of the Jordan Trail as so it is named now, um, which is what I just did with my group. Um, things like that are helping bring in tourism sure. as well in a smart sure. and sustainable way um, because a lot of it needs to be guided still, uh, yeah. which I think oh, is yeah. smart. But I was going to say that Jordan is one of those places where I didn't really know what to expect because 
when people talk about Jordan, they talk about, they use the word, <laughs> I'm going to just say it. They use the word magic. And it's like, okay, so what do you mean by that? Like, what is that? Like, Jordan's one of those magical places. And okay, so you can you can only understand that so much just hearing it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you got to go and taste the food and <laughs> meet the people and see the landscapes and learn about the history and, you know, talk to the Bedouins and get in it, like get in there. And then oh, yeah. you understand, like then you connect with the magic. Oh, also you have to float in the Dead Sea because that alone oh. is magic. Oh my gosh. You know, I can't even, I can't remember who's, who I was talking to about this at some point, um, but we were talking about tourism in Jordan. And I think we're talking about what is, if you had to, if you had to convince somebody or if, if, if a visit, if you wanted to tell a visitor to Jordan experience one thing in yeah. Jordan, what would it be? And mm-hmm. um, um, they said that the Dead Sea would definitely be the one thing you cannot miss out on because everything else you can see in pictures, mm-hmm. you can watch on video, you can <laughs> yeah. hear, you know, you can hear stories about, but there is nothing quite like floating in the Dead Sea because that is a physical experience. Yeah. You actually have to feel it. And it's, it is kind of crazy. Know, I guess we, you could call it magical. Were we together for that conversation? Because I feel like that might've been one of the people in my group. Because I was, I also just had that conversation while I was in Jordan with someone. It's possible. It might have been you. <laughs> it might have been in my group. Um, but I... I I'm going to add to that because I I totally agree. I'm going to just take you on a little experience right now because the first time that I went into the Dead Sea, um, I I really wanted to experience it with a group. So I had been there with um for a conference and I was at the Dead Sea and I knew I was going to be back with my group. And I was like, you know what? I can't go in by myself. Like this has been on my bucket list. Like I want to do this with people. And I am so glad I waited because... When we ended up finally going in, we laughed our heads off like we were being tickled children. Like it was so funny because you, you, this is exactly why you have to experience it because you can't explain the feeling of what actually happens to your physical body when you enter the Dead Sea. It's like, it's true. It's, it's a mixture so of pain Bobby. and. <laughs> yeah. Pain. And it wasn't pain for me. Oh, that's the tip. Don't, don't shave. Don't, Don't shave. shave and go to the Dead Sea. Just Don't shave right idea. before. Yeah, it'll sting because it's super <laughs> salty. But exactly. No, but I mean, if you don't have any scrapes, you know, and, and you you haven't shaved, then it's actually painless and you just float and you like, you like can't control yourself. You just kind of sit there. And like, it's so hilarious. It just kind of takes you over. I mean, it literally took us probably 15 minutes to settle down. We were all laughing, yeah. like just so hard. <laughs> it's just such a funny feeling. And I mean, we're all adults, you know, just like having the time of our lives floating oh, in this salty water. It was so that's, that's funny, it. so that's hilarious. It. And I mean, we, you know, then you get out and you put on the mud because this is right. how they say to do the, the Dead Sea. You get in and you, you know, put yourself in the water. Then you get out and there's mud on the beach that like you can just put on. Um, they have tubs of it, vats of it like giant right. tubs of it. And you can just slime it all over you and it feels so good. It's like seriously like adults it's playing so in the mud. It is so fun too. You just get it and it's just black mud. You just smear it yep. all over yourself and it's so smushy and smeary and smelly <laughs> and it's amazing. And then you wait for it to dry for like almost... So it's almost dry, like 10 or 15 minutes depending on the heat. Holy, it was hot when we were there. It was like... 
over a hundred. I can't remember exactly, but it was so, so hot. So, you know, like five minutes later it when is, it's almost it is dry. really hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, definitely really hot. Um, I think, so when were you here again? You were here uh, in... May. The middle May. of May. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the latest. You should come to Jordan if you I don't want to so fry. Because yep. it's really hot. Yeah. It was very end, very, very... End, it's like end of the shoulder season. Which is right, very yeah. short because I think high season goes right up to May and then the shoulder is just super short and then it's like, okay, too hot. Um, yeah. But yeah, so then when you have the mud smeared all over you, you get, in the, you get back in the sea and you just start rubbing it off and it's like, your skin is so skin, soft. Oh. oh my gosh. And the sea is so calm. It's so yeah. beautiful out there. And you just float with everybody and hold hands. <laughs> like, oh <my> <laughs> and so definitely great. the best sunsets. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, yeah, the sunsets there. We had, I, I guess we got lucky because I guess it's kind of dusty there sometimes, but we saw some of the most beautiful sunsets Good. over oh, the Dead Sea. That. that is for sure an experience that you must feel. You have to feel That's it. The thing. You, you can't just take it. this awesome this awesome storytelling on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take that. You have That's to go good. yourself. <laughs> That's the second best thing you can do with a <laughs> Jackie talk about her experience. <laughs> yeah. You will. Oh yeah. If you laughed now, you'll laugh even more when you get it. You'll think of me. You'll bob around laughing and you will think of this podcast. <laughs> Send me a message and tell me you did it and I'll laugh with you again. It's so great. Um, but yeah, I mean, besides the Dead Sea, I also... Okay. Let's talk about Petra for a minute because that's the thing. Um, that oh. is the thing, uh, in, in Jordan. That's it's right. one of the, it really is. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's stunning. I mean, it's impressive. I, I won't lie. The first time I visited Petra, I was, I was an adult. I was, um, it was too, it was, I, I didn't admit it until after I went, I can tell people it's embarrassing, but that's what happens, right? When you're from a country, you're like, oh, I'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was blown away. And so I felt like, I felt properly like a tourist. I just couldn't believe this, this, place exists. And it, that, I mean, when you want to talk about magical, I think that is definitely magical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, I know either it, the internet is, is loaded with pictures of Petra, but again, just to experience it, to be there, you feel like you are, you know, bajillions, <laughs> you're living bajillions of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. and to think that, um, such an ancient civilization was able to construct such it's such oh, a, a masterpiece yeah. is is yeah is amazing i mean that just blows me away it's a lot of walking <laughs> again don't go in it's really it hot petra's really big it's so much more it than just the big. treasury so the treasury is the thing that comes to your mind when you think of petra if i mean okay if you don't know what petra is it's the city that's like carved into rocks and cliffs yeah. yeah um and it's also the place where Indiana Jones finds the Holy Grail. You know, I mean, these right, are important things. <laughs> Very important. Important part parts of history, of history <laughs> when Indiana Jones was there. Um, luckily, they rebuilt it after the movie. <laughs> no, no, it is still standing. But um, but the treasury is that uh, beautiful facade that you picture when you see, or when you think of Petra. But Petra, this it's a city and it's way bigger than that. Um, and it used to be a big hub for trade, and mm-hmm. the engineering, I, I guess you could call it, is 
amazing. I really recommend when you go to Petra, go with a guide. If you're on a guided yes. trip, go with a guide because it's Definitely really, fun. really worth it to learn about what you're seeing as you walk. Otherwise you will miss so many things. So much. I have to say the Seek, which is the canyon. It's like a slot canyon. The one you mm-hmm. walk down uh, to get to the treasury. It's treasury. one of the entrances to Petra. Um, is that the entrance? Is that the entrance you walk through? It is. Okay, it's good. the main entrance. So when yes. we did the Jordan Trail, we actually, if you do the Jordan Trail from north to south, you actually come in the back. So we came in the back by the um, monastery. Right. Which is so cool too. I mean, it's kind of right. like a, a it, it's like a different Defin- version of the treasury. You know, it's just like- Definitely, you should, I think you should definitely make it to the monastery. If you're, if oh, you've yeah. reached Petra, you should definitely make it to the monastery. Um, but yeah, the entrance through the Sikh, I think is, is it's worth it. Because yeah. there's, it's just so it's so oh, rewarding man. by the end of it when <laughs> you're yeah. walking through this teeny tiny tunnel, mm-hmm. um, and you're and you're just surrounded by by stone mm-hmm. cliffs, and like you said, it's just a little tiny slit through the cliffs, mm-hmm. basically, and you can't really see what's at the end of it until no. you come out, and it just opens up, and it's no, yeah, whoa. because it's winding and narrow, and the the aqueducts that run through there are amazing and and if we're going to use the m word i'm going to use it for the seek because that mm. that walk it's a kilometer it's a kilometer long yep. was absolutely like breathtakingly magical for me. I felt like we were running through. I'm like, can we please stop time? Like, can we please slow down? I love this so much. It was, I mean, towering cliffs on either side of you. And it's just to, to learn, like I said, because we had a guide, there were so many things along the way that he pointed out to us that just blow your mind and all have to do with I mean, this is ancient. So Maybe I should this go is... with a guide next time. You should. <laughs> I had to do my own, uh, I, had to, I, I had to be my own guide. But yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're right. I you should go with a guide. It. And like, you can hear, you can walk down it or um, there's a, they make it actually um, accessible to everybody. So you can take a horse carriage through it if you if you can't make the walk. And, or if you don't want to make the walk, if you just want to be cool and take a horse carriage. But uh, it's so cool because when you're in there, you can hear these carriages coming, like thundering down the canyon. <laughs> you have to figure out which direction they're coming from, A. And by the time they like come around the corner, it's like you got to like run out of the way. These guys are moving so fast. But the whole thing is just an experience to be felt and seen and heard. And it's it's so, so cool the way the light filters through it. Man, I loved that part. I'm actually staring. And, and the, I think the color, the colors oh, yeah. of, of the rocks of the cliffs is just, mm-hmm. I think that's what adds, mm-hmm. it adds to the whole experience. Um, and, and also all the carvings and, mm-hmm. and you know, for, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely not to be missed. I mean, yeah. I know um, everybody wants to sort of um, discover the lesser known, and, and as you should, the yeah. lesser known treasures of, of a destination, right. but sometimes you've got to do the big thing too. And this is definitely oh, one of yeah. them. You have, exactly. Well said, you have to do this. Um, in fact, it's so worth it to do it this way that, uh, meaning going through the seek to the treasury as well, that um, because we came in through the back, um, mm. we, oh, this was so cool. And this is another thing you can only do with a guide. 
I couldn't even tell you where this is because it's not on a map. But um, <laughs> after, yeah, after now doing, I'm a, little, I'm a little concerned. Okay, no, it was so Indiana Jones. It was amazing. After doing the monastery and like going in through kind of the main area of Petra, we mm-hmm. went off to the side. We're like, dude, it's like 115 degrees. Like, where are you taking us? You know, and <sighs> we knew that he was avoiding the treasury. We knew he didn't want to take us there through the ah, back because you have ah. to see it through you the seek. You have to see it through the seek. So instead, we went to this amazing, tiny little canyon, like tiny slot canyon that we literally had to like j- jump. Th- we had to like throw rocks into a puddle because the puddle was too deep. So we had to throw rocks in the puddle to give us stepping stones so we could get through the puddle and like climb up these rocks. It's like, once you're in, you're in and there was no turning back. It, it felt, we were like, one of the guys, I'm not kidding you, pulled out his phone and put on the Indiana Jones theme song and we were like... <laughs> It was so, I mean, Nerds Unite, it was amazing. We had so much fun. And then I'm not even kidding you, a herd of goats like started approaching us as we're we're getting through this first puddle and climbing up this rock to the point of no return. And these goats are like threatening us. Like they're like following super close. And they followed us through the entire canyon. It was so much fun. It was, it That's felt awesome. so... I didn't even know you could do that. Oh man. there's another way. Experience Jordan. That's the, um, that was my partner in Jordan. That's, that's who I worked with to do this group trip. They're the ones who run this, this trip. Nice. Um, so look them up and ask for Ayman because he's the greatest guide. And I will. I'm going to, I'm going to He will take and, you. Yeah. Just take he me will on a take private tour. Ask him to take you. In, yeah. The one with the goat. Yeah. Tell him <laughs> traveling Jackie says to take me Indiana Jonesing through Petra and he'll know what you mean. Yeah. I'm so gonna Um, do that. But anyway, that, so that canyon tunnel uh, shoots you out right at the entrance to the Seek. And so then you you exit Petra in the main exit or the main entrance way. You just totally skip the Seek. So it's perfect. Smart. Yeah. Perfect. So, and then the next morning we got up early and we went through the seek and did the whole traditional like treasury thing. And it was so worth it. It was just like a grand finale to a, a brilliant five days on the trail, which we, um, we had been, you know, we hiked there from Dana. Have you been to Dana? I actually know I made it to Finan and okay. never made it to Dana, but, uh, that is definitely on my bucket list. Don't tell anyone I said that. Just, let's just pretend I've been. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of people did not just hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's our little secret. Did you go to Finan Eco Lodge? Did we already? Yes, I did. Okay. Did. So that that was, you guys stayed? yeah, that was one of our, actually it was our first night on the trail was at Finan Eco Lodge, which was super cool. It's like candlelit, um, it's eco so lodge in the middle I of love the... it. And it's run, it's run by the Bedouin in the area mm-hmm. or, you know, they, they work there. They, they, yeah. they intentionally employ uh, Bedouin from the area. And I thought yeah. that was such a, such a smart move. Yeah. First, who knows the area better than them. Right. Right. And secondly, you really want to experience the hospitality of the population of that given area. So again, who better cannot be them? understated when we arrived there, uh, we, we met up with one of the the local guides <laughs> and by local, I mean, when we went, so we went out to do like a sunset walk. Um, and oh, right. on yeah, the way, beautiful. I mean, we only walked like 20 minutes out to this viewpoint mm-hmm. where we could see the sun setting across the desert. And on the way we passed his, uh, family home. Um, and so the Bedouins live in tents, essentially tarped. Yes. Uh, and this was his winter home. No, 
summer home? No, winter home because it's summer now. So they were about to be moving the next day to their summer home because the change of season, which I just loved because these are all tarped places and they just pick... I mean, for the winter, they were a little deeper in the canyon, a little bit more protected um, from cold Mm. and winds, et cetera, for their animals, whatever. And then in the summertime, they go out where it's a little more open with a little more breeze, et cetera. It was so cool. But we went in, he was like, do you want to meet my family? We're like, yes. Because when guides ask you if you want to do something, you say yes, always. You say yes. Yes. And so we went in and they were shearing the goats. He's like, do you want to shear the goats? So You're kidding me. No. And so Iman sheared one of the goats, our guide. (laughs) And they, I mean, I had been eyeing these baby, baby goats like up at the back. And he's like, oh, you like the babies? And we walked back and he just picks one up and put it in my arms. And I... I was in heaven. Oh, I was in that's heaven. So cute. So and these goat, goats are, oh my god. The goats gosh, are everywhere so in Finale. They just kind of walk up to you when you're sitting around oh, yeah. having breakfast at the lodge. They're everywhere um, anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's what they do. They just roam in the Bedouins. I mean, it's so cool. They know exactly where their goats are. They can tell you how many they know. I mean, there was one bed uh, actually a couple of Bedouin guys we had we had passed on the way that day. And every single Bedouin you pass by the way has a story. And you have to talk to all of them and they all invite you for they tea. It's amazing. Um, but this guy had this really cool old pair of, um, I, what are they called? I, what are the, 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 uh, the binoculars, the binoculars, eyeliner. but no, 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 the binoculars. Oh, Sorry. Okay. Easy like, word. Yeah. I just forgot. Um, <laughs> yeah. he's like, Oh no, I'm, I'm just watching my goats. And we're all like, what? Like where goats, <laughs> you know, like where? And he's like, Oh, they're up on the mountain here. And he just gives us the binoculars and he, seriously, there was like a herd of 60 goats up on the mountains. We never would have even seen them. They were so far know. away. Yeah, he knows exactly where every single one of them were. And he and impressive. it's like his little son or somebody was with him and he was just like starting a fire and making some tea. And like, these guys are so badass. They're uh, they so are really cool. badass. And, and they know it's cra- their sense of direction is insane. I remember, uh, I remember asking them, you know, how do you know how to get around? Because <laughs> there are no roads. It's just yeah. desert. And, and, and yeah. like you said, they know where their families are. They know where their goats are. Yes. They know where everything is. And I'm just like, how on earth do you not get lost? It's kind of crazy out there. And they yeah. are, they do it old school, you know? They, they do it old school. They, they totally. look for the stars. And and the, and w- one of the Bedouin guys I was talking to said that they trust their donkeys, apparently. So their donkeys supposedly oh, yeah. also have this like brilliant sense of direction and they can mm-hmm. guide you home in the in pitch darkness. Yep. And they trust their camels to find water. It's amazing. They're they're like super connected with nature. That's how they do it. Oh, yeah. That's how they do oh, it. Yeah. It's fascinating. And the stargazing out there, you mentioned the stars, is unbelievable so, as well. Gorgeous. Yeah. Lovely. The Bedouins were... That's another thing you have to experience. Yeah. And you know oh, what? Yeah. That's another reason you have to go with a guide. You guys, listen to me. Go with a guide because you don't speak their language and you need to be able to talk to these people to understand how amazing they are and how just kind they are. I mean, like everybody had experience you Mm -hmm. had just the fact that they get to invite you into their lives, into their homes. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll miss out on that experience. You will. will. And I feel like that's, that's the connection. Like that's where the magic of Jordan happens is the, is those, those connections. Uh, oh, it makes me so happy to hear you say that. Oh, it's so true though. Like, it's so true. One guy pulled out his flute for us and just played us a little tune. It was amazing. Like, <laughs> and I mean, we had no idea. He's like kind of following, like he catches up to us, of course. Oh. 
coming down the trail. And I mean, this was within 10 minutes of getting on the trail. It was our first encounter. And at this point, we had no idea what these encounters would be like. We're just like kind of quiet. And Ayman starts talking to him. Dude whips out a flute and starts playing. And we're like, okay, we love you. You know, like this is amazing. (laughs) And it's like echoing in the canyon. By the way, Jordan is not flat. We were, I mean, that first day, I don't know how much elevation we lost, but we were hiking (laughs) through a beautiful canyon, like down Mm. to the valley floor, which of course we had to come back up. Uh, eventually there was lots of up and down and it's incredibly mountainous Mm -hmm. very Uh very which is but that's why we have i think some incredible landscapes and there is no shortage of wadis of valleys to hike through so you'll never be done i mean if you come back again for a second time which i hope you do i'm sure you can see a you can experience a whole other Jordan Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. because it's endless that way. Yeah. Um, I want to go to Wadi um, Mu, what's it called? Mujib. Mujib. Wadi Mujib. That I really, really want to see that. Um, You've got to do that. By the way, Wadi means canyon or valley. And so there are, I love saying that, there are Wadis all over Jordan. (laughs) <laughs> wadi is a great word. Um, but when you hear like Wadi Rum, that it just means that that's the, a canyon or a valley of some sort. But um, exactly. yeah. So speaking of these other hidden gems, because we did say that, you know, you have to do Petra, of course. Jordan Trail. By the way, the Jordan Trail exists because of basically Bedouins and shepherds like moving their goats and herds along. I mean, that, those are the trails that you walk on, which is why you need a guide. Good um, point. Yeah. Good point because they know it. In fact, there were two days in the middle of our uh, five-day trek that um, we camped in the desert and, you know, there aren't lodges out there. And Mm -hmm. uh, we had a Bedouin guide with the donkey with us for a couple of days. The donkey's name was Raul, which I loved. (laughs) What was his name? Raul. Oh, and she was a girl donkey. Raul, the girl donkey. The girl donkey. She was amazing. (laughs) No, but our, our, I mean, it was so cool to have him with us. And I mean, I can, there's no, I, I don't understand how you would even make it by yourself on the trails that we took. I mean, at one point I actually asked them, I said, did you take us like a different way? And they said, no, this is the main Jordan trail. And I, my jaw dropped because we were literally like climbing and there were edges. And I mean, you'd never see stuff like that in the States because liability, but yeah, right. You know, that's the real Jordan trail. Mm-hmm. I think even people who are familiar with the Jordan Trail probably go with a guide just because of these complicated routes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I haven't done it myself, but I have spoken to a few people who have mm-hmm. done parts of it. And yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not, <laughs> not necessarily no. that simple. I mean, some people um, have done it. I just, I wouldn't, I would not recommend it. I would highly recommend getting a guide just for all the reasons, not just direction, yeah. but the Bedouins no, and yeah, all for the sure, reasons. For yeah. sure. But um, so my other, the other place I was going to mention though, was, um, I got to go to the North and I'm so happy that I did that because yes, you need to see Petra, but Jordan, I mean, there are, every country is like this where they have those lesser known gems. And yes. um, one of the places I got to go was Umkes and it was oh, so beautiful. Cool. Um, and I have to give a shout out to, you know, Muna as well, to our friend Hi, Muna. Muna. I know Muna. <laughs> uh, our friend Muna, who who runs an amazing company called Baraka uh, Destinations. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that on the show notes because you guys have to know about this if you go to Jordan. Um, they have a little B&B up in the north in Umkais, which is literally okay. like as far north as you can pretty much get in Jordan. Right. Um, right. And, um, but it's it's beautiful. I mean, you've got the ruins there. Yes. You've got 
amazing views. It's also a little bit of, it's a different landscape than down mm-hmm. in the South. It's a little bit cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, Umkais itself maybe isn't always green, but, um, in springtime, a little bit more green than the rest of, than the rest of the country. Cause it just gets more rain. Um, definitely worth visiting the North and the North Absolutely. is probably forgotten when you talk about tourism in Jordan. It's still, I think yeah. it's only now just recently starting to get a little bit more attention. Thanks to people like Mona. Um, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, no, Omkais is a great one to visit. Yeah. And when you told me you were going, I was really happy to hear that. I had such a good experience there too. We did. Um, we got to do a cooking class in the house of one of the local women there. What did you guys cook? We made... Oh no. I knew the name of it. I'm going to get it. Okay, give me the ingredients. See if I can get it. It was... Because I can't cook. Shoot. I have no idea. Um... It was it was eggplant chachil chachil. Oh, I don't even know what that Ooh, is. Maybe you don't. So we had a couple of things that they told us. Many Jordanians don't even know about this because it's so northern, because it's so regional. Because wow. of course, in places like this, like you eat what is there. Um, What's there? And yeah, chachil. It was called um, eggplant. Yeah. So eggplant is in a lot of things. You guys love yeah. eggplant, but we it's so good. Oh man, <laughs> so good. Um, but we did, so we made like one part of this massive, massive meal. And all these people came together in the house of this woman. Um, um Suleiman was her name, Suleiman. And she, okay, here's a cool thing. Um, there's a cookbook out there that's, uh, it's, oh man, I'm gonna have to get the name of it, but it's called Empowering Women cooking or something like that. Oh, and yeah. It's, empowering. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Empowering women through cooking. That's yeah. Right. Um, um, our group, we all bought them, by the way. They're, uh, did you? Yeah. Oh, we oh, did. Brilliant. All of us. Yeah. Um, but they're, what they did with this book is they, they took all these local women who were just known for their cooking in their own little towns and they let them all contribute a recipe and tell a story. And so the woman that we cooked with was in the book and the recipe that we made was her uh, recipe. You a celebrity chef. That's it was what you just so <laughs> cool because her story in the book, like this like gives me chills. I'm getting chills already and I haven't even said it out loud yet. But her story was that she dreamt of bringing people together over food in her own house and like sharing meals. That it was like oh. a simple dream. And oh. she talked about her sons and, you know, um, and here we are like sitting on the floor around this huge table. There were at least 20 of us there. More food than, I mean, it was, it was amazing, the spread. And I, re- I read this in the book and I was just like, we're in this. This is her, like, oh, this is her that's, dream that's right it. now. Because obviously, yeah, like, obviously the book had been, it, had, it just came out when we were in Jordan. And so, like, it had been in, you know, it had been in production. And so, obviously, mm-hmm. when she told that story, it was a while ago. And it's coming true. And it's because oh, of so people like Muna and Baraka Destinations who are bringing tourism to the small, like, lesser known places and come completely changing the lives of local families because everything that they're doing is staying in the town. You know, they're exactly. not, they're not exactly. changing. They're making good impacts on the local communities. And oh man, it was so cool. Especially women who live in more maybe uh, quote unquote remote, remote areas of Jordan, like Umkais, um, because 
they obviously need some sort of income stream. Mm -hmm. And for women particularly, it's more difficult for them to have access to any sort of job, especially, like I said, when it's in a remote area. So Mm -hmm. when you think of initiatives like this, it's perfect. It's it's a skill mm -hmm. she's got. The ingredients are there. Like you said, the money stays where it needs to Mm -hmm. stay. Um, and they're productive and it's sustainable and it's not charity, it's business. And um, you're starting to see a few more initiatives like this around the country, all the way from the north to the south, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's handicrafts. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when you were in Amman, we walked past a few d- uh, different stores that were selling yeah. handicrafts that yeah. were, yeah, yeah, that's right. While Jordan being one of them. Yeah. Um, just handicrafts that were produced or handmade Mm -hmm. by men and women, but mainly women across uh, Jordan Jordan. and mostly in little villages and and, uh, towns where they otherwise wouldn't have any sort of income stream. So yeah, yeah, I mean, we're starting to really pay attention to that and, and you got to experience it firsthand. So yeah. You get to see the skill. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. And each thing that you, I mean, I'm wearing earrings right now that I actually got at Wild Jordan and they came oh, from hey. women in Dana, which I went to Dana too. And so it's just like that, those absolutely mean something to me, you know? And I have another pair that I bought in Petra from some silver workers there. And like, I met the guy who made them, you know, it's, I mean, you experience that in a lot of countries all over the world, but it, mm. it's so cool to see these things coming to light. And you know, Um Suleiman, like the the woman who we did the yeah. the cooking class with, she's only one example. This is happening right. in a lot of places, and it, I mean, it was it was really cool. To, actually, also up there, we went to uh, visit a beekeeper, and you know, a bunch of us bought <laughs> the honey and the jelly, honey. and like, yeah, and it's so neat to just be able to to go and support, and you know, your uh-huh. dollar is making such a you difference know where there. It's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know exactly where it's going. You don't have to think twice. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, so you did, you did, oh, you did Umkhais, um, and then you came back to Amman, and then you did your your trail. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think there's still a lot more to see in the north as well. So the next oh, time yeah. you come back, <laughs> I know. I mean, uh, seriously, everyone's saying, "Did you go to Jadash?" And I'm like, "No, I." I have to look that up on the map still. You know, like, I, no, I didn't get there. I didn't... We stopped in Pella on the way back, but I mean... Oh, cool. Okay, good. Nice. Yeah. That's another Baraka um, destination. Destination. Which makes sense because it's overlooked. Usually it's just like a gateway to yep. get from uh, the Israeli side to Jordan. But yeah, um, no, they're doing good things there, just like they're doing in MKS. So... Yeah. And then we finished our trip in, well, we finished at the Dead Sea. We already talked about that, but we also <laughs> went to Mars, <laughs> um, yeah, Wadi Rum, Mars. which is, uh, I haven't seen the Martian, but they filmed that there. So if you guys, if you guys have seen that, you get an idea of what it looks like. Basically, if you picture whatever Mars looks like to you, that's Wadi Rum. <laughs> it was so cool. We stayed in like domes in the desert. The stargazing was amazing. We ate lamb cooked in the earth. We did a Jeep tour. We watched the sunset over the desert. That was actually the same day that we had been at the treasury in Petra. And so, so you went to the, it was like an epic day. Yeah. So we, we, after the treasury, we, I, cause you know, that was the last day of, of our Petra visit. And so after that, we, oh, right. We drove down to Wadi Rum and and we did all of that that I just mentioned in one day. That's kind of crazy. It, yeah, How long did crazy. you stay in Wadi Rum? Was it just for the night? And yeah, then you guys just one yeah, night. Kept going. 
But did you stay in the, did you, did you stay in the, in the Martian dome? Yes, the Martian dome. Did you really? Oh yeah, we did. And here. I haven't actually stayed inside the dome. Oh man. It's so worth it. So I and waved, but that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's kind of no privacy in those. Um, Really? Well, I mean, when you have the curtains open, the whole wall is glass. Oh, glass. It's plastic. So, I mean, you just kind of have to, you know, keep that in yeah, mind, but you're, it's like a fishbowl. <laughs> I, I didn't even think of that. I yeah. just figured whatever, it's pretty. I mean, the windows are all facing the same direction. It's pretty cool too, because they stagger the tents such that like everybody has their own view. Um, but oh, there are a lot of them out there. And so anyone who's in front of you, when they're walking away from their dome, <laughs> you know, they could just see you. It's like, okay, <laughs> hey dudes, you know, yeah, yeah I'm just climbing good. into bed or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it's absolutely worth it. So here's the thing that is, those domes are like a bucket list thing. Like they're you just so have to, yeah, nice. It's one of those things you just got to do. Yeah. They're so luxurious. They're over the top. I mean, they're air conditioned. They have their own bathroom and you're in the middle of the desert and <laughs> you have this wall of just a plastic window and you can see the Milky Way in the middle of the night. You know, it's amazing. It's- but if you're going to go all the way to Wadi Rum, spend the money and stay in the Martian dome, you know, like that do was it. my take on Absolutely. it. So, and you can still experience the desert. You know, you can do the whole, uh, you don't have to camp out in the desert. If you, you can still get the whole experience, you can, um, you can hop on one of the trucks, the Bedouin yeah. trucks and mm-hmm. just go out into the middle of the desert and make some tea. Um, they'll find a really nice spot for you to hang out, spend mm-hmm. the night there, come back, sleep in your Martian dome and yeah. best of both worlds. That's exactly what we did. Mixed in with nice. some chasing each other down sand dunes and watching <laughs> watching the These sunset. Are just a bunch of five-year-olds during this oh, trip. Oh man, it's so fun. Adventure travel brings out the the, the child in you, you know, like the yeah. the curious and adventurous and yeah, so fun. I'm going to stop it right there for today. And I'm going to add one more thing to the show notes page that I didn't mention before and that I've never actually done before, but I'm going to share a song with you guys. I don't want to play it here because copyright laws, but it's a song that I heard in Jordan and it's really beautiful and I just fell in love with it. And this is one of my favorite ways to take the culture, to take the memory of the trip with me is through music. And so um, I'm just going to share this song with you because it's on my current Spotify playlist and I'm still loving it. It's all in Arabic. So unless you speak Arabic, you probably won't understand it. And I don't either. Um, I think it's a love song. (laughs) So um, go to the show notes page to check that out, as well as uh, the links that I mentioned before, the cookbook, uh, where to buy that online, uh, who to hire when you need guides in Jordan, etc. Everything is on the show notes page at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 94. And stay tuned because we are far from finished talking about Jordan. Ban comes back for round two in the next episode. And I can't wait to share that with you. Until then, stay safe, happy travels, and thanks for listening.